No idea what's going I want you to on. keep doing this. This is funny. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Irenacast, the weekly podcast dedicated to conversations on faith and culture. We are your hosts. I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff. Do you want to try that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> what the heck? And you are? Al, and I'm Alan. Oh, you were supposed You're to Jeff. say Jeff. You, you you ruined it. We're all Jeff oh this my week. Gosh. Come on, Alan. Pick up the slack. We're <laughs> well, all Jeff today. Already you can tell we're off to a, an amazing start this week. I didn't drink enough coffee for this. <laughs> Go get some more. You can pause it. I have a little bit in my cup still. That's the, oh my gosh. Is this how it's going to be today? Give me coffee we'll in see. my cup. We'll Keep see. Keep it flowing, flowing, flowing. This week our conversation <laughs> is going to be on worship, which I don't know <laughs> if this is an appropriate start to that or not. Already. And our segment this week, we are going to bring a we're going to bring in a new segment, and I think it's going to be a highly entertaining and embarrassing segment, at least for me. And we're calling it Sound Trades. So after the conversation, you'll see what that's all about. So worship. That's my only sound effect. That's so your that's only sound effect. Don't don't. <laughs> you know, that's a little tease for later. We don't want to give the whole. <laughs> you already away. got all of it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, okay, worship. I'm sorry. I'm being a. I'm what we call in my family a skeezy wigs. I don't know what it means. It's just somebody who like goofs off too much. So apologies. Back in the game. What are we talking about? We are talking about worship specifically. We are talking about just like the worship experience of attending a church service. It's like a worship service because worship in general can be. I think a lot of us have heard those of us who have been in Christian churches have heard that worship is not just one thing. It's many different things. Your whole lives can be worship. It says that, you know, all over the place in the Bible that rendering worship to God is not just a service at a church, but it's something that's a part of our daily lives. So we're talking about corporate worship as in people gathering together and having a worship service. Correct. So what is it? First of all, a question, a gathering, right? It's a gathering, but what's the purpose? Why don't you just call it a gathering? A gathering. I'm going to be a stinker this episode. No, that's totally I'm just warning cool. you. <laughs> so worship is not my thing so much. So sure. I'm just along for the ride today. But I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. Worship. I think. Is, uh, I think the like worship services or corporate worship for me has a lot to do. We used to sing a song in youth group when I was a kid um, that was based on Hebrews 10:24, and sometimes we'd sing it at the end of our little. You know, youth group service, and it's still it's a it's a big part of why I think I kind of go to church and believe in the church coming together and being together, whether that's online or we've talked about before in a pub or at a church. Um, Hebrews ten twenty four talks about considering how to provoke each other toward love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other, and even more as we see like the future approaching us. So, for for me. Corporate worship is all about those things, getting together, help encouraging each other toward love, toward doing good. Um, And then, of course, worship being worshiping God, like all the elements of the service being about connecting the people of God to God and giving God the glory that is due to God. Um, That's maybe a little different than how you would talk about it, but those are the two things for me. Two thoughts, two two questions, really. Number one, is that the whole song? Um, it, perhaps you could delineate between your comments and the song by actually singing it for us. 
I, I wasn't I wasn't sure where the song ended, so I just wanted to just I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I don't. Um I, I was I was actually just quoting Hebrews ten twenty four. Oh okay. Just, yeah. Uh I really wanted to hear the song. Anyway. What was the other thing, Jeff? Well, the other thing is that okay, so I think this is a good place to start. So when we talk about worship and what when I was growing up, so maybe here's the a little history of my evolution when it comes to this. Uh, like you were saying, Alan, those are all things that were taught to me as I was growing up in church, that this is a way to, to glorify God, to connect with God. But the more and more my understanding of God and my interaction with God changed over the years, it made me look at that experience a little differently in the sense that, and I know that this is something a lot of people say, is that what kind of, like, why does God need glory? Like those terms are, have irked me now in the sense that like it's this this we, we're not man I don't even know how to, to fully articulate but I, I feel like w- the more and more of my church understanding becomes about we are there as a people that are gathering around um, the 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 teachings and the the way of of Jesus Christ the less and less this idea of singing songs about glory and honor to a spirit in the sky seems relevant. Hmm. So you come from like a charismatic background, right? I do. So I, I, I openly admit that part of part of that is a rejection of that because, because it's hard for me and maybe because it's hard for me to, to define a line between this idea that God is always here and that we need to create a space for God to come is is where probably philosophically I get into it I have a hard time doing that but at the same time I lament being in a service where I can just kind of lose myself in songs that I know and like not, you miss that I miss it a lot and I'm not lying about that but I don't know if I miss it because I, I really want to tell God that I that I love God through song but that I it's the experience and the the, the, the I don't know what I'm trying to say but I think yeah, you you miss that. Um, I do. I I, I think it's in, the reason I said the thing about uh, charismatic services is it, it's kind of interesting to me when you look at different at least Christian faith traditions. You see different aspects of a worship service being the most important, and I think for charismatics, especially since the '60s, like the worship worshiping song time where people sang or came before the altar and kneeled down while people were singing was the central aspect of the service. At least from what I've seen, I, I didn't grow up in a charismatic church, but as someone from the outside, whenever I visited a charismatic church, it was like, if you just looked up, looked at the minutes that were spent during a Christian worship service, it was almost dominated by singing lots and lots and lots of songs. My perspective, I came from this... Plus 45 minute sermons. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. We had so the best us, both worlds. Yeah, the, for us, it, it was um, very centered on sermons teaching from the bible and so the whole service was scheduled around this big chunk of time that was just for the bible that was the most important thing and if you look at other churches like catholics more um they call them eucharistic churches uh, roman catholic greek uh, eastern orthodox that includes like greek churches and several other kinds Episcopalian anglican yeah yeah. mass is the most important thing or or communion Mm -hmm. um the the priest the priest serving that up is like the central element Everything kind of builds to that. It's all structured. Songs are sung around it. Um, when you're reacting to your tradition, you are reacting to the fact that something was very central to the worship service. 
And you are now seeing that, although you appreciated that, right? In some ways you missed that. Um, you're saying your faith is not just all about that, that there's a bigger component to, to where you are now, um, which is all about the teachings of Jesus and following the way of Jesus. And I even know some of some churches that their central element to their worship service is actually service, like <laughs> them going and doing something or doing something during their service where they help other people. So I think it's pretty cool seeing all the different elements and just to lay all my cards on the table. I don't think there's a wrong way to do it personally. Um, I, I think some ways speak to people, some ways don't. I think each community needs to be free to be able to structure their worship service in a certain way. That's the like congregationalist in me, I guess. Um, but I, I think that there are many ways to worship God and that some ways might be more effective than others, but they're not necessarily wrong or bad. I think it's important to understand where our con- conceptions of worship have come from. Like you said, they're really conditioned by our communities of origin and they're conditioned by our church or religious communities. Or if you're not religious, you know, you might consider meditation your form of worship or spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting though, you said a word earlier that caught my ear when you, from your background, Alan, um, giving God the glory that God is due. Yes. And the word due there is an economic term. Um, you, there's a sense of indebtedness and that God deserves something that God doesn't get unless we give it to God, which is very interesting theologically. Mm-hmm. So, but not everybody has that concept that God needs to be glorified and, and there has to be an exchange there. And well, I think there's, like, wait, hold on. There's a, just to clarify, you said God needs to be glorified. I would agree with Jeff and I would say that God doesn't need to be glorified by anything. But that well, human beings, at least in the Christian tradition, need to be need to glorify God. Because if you look like throughout Scripture, that is a central element to what being a Christian is: is that we do glorify God. Like Psalms talk about ascribing to the Lord the glory, do God's name. But what does that mean? Uh, in the New Testament, yeah, it talks about- I wouldn't say that's a central tenet for everybody, though. Okay, like okay, in, the, but- in the same concept, I think people think about. It. I'm trying to flesh out the fact that sure. people think about these concepts differently. Yes, and that's we're just trying to like wrap our heads around like. What, how pe- how people think of worship in different ways. Okay. And, and some people really, I have heard people say like, God needs us to glorify him. They would use the him usually in that sense. Um, so I think it depends on how you view God too and how we relate to God. Yeah, you've said in the past, and I've heard other people say that they don't appreciate like the king metaphor, for instance, like just as a whole church, every single Sunday saying you are our king, you conquer, you know, you're powerful. Like they'd rather have, uh, an intimate experience with God where it was much more personal, much more inviting. Um, and I think some of those aspects of God are true and like those metaphors shouldn't be lifted above all else, but like throughout the Bible, um, like even in revelation, uh, there are people worshiping God, like in John's vision. And they're saying you are worthy, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And for me, I go back to the idea that if God did create all things and God existed before we did, and God is the source of our life and our existence to me, God is worthy of our time, our song, our attention, our devotion, our love, our faith, our honesty. And like those things we don't have to give to God. I don't have to render God any sort of time or attention or thought. I can live my life without thinking about God in, in at least how I see the world. And so 
going to a but worship you're using service. words like mm-hmm. worthy and diver- deserving is what i'm trying to say like yeah. there's an economic component to that okay is all i'm trying to point out okay so y- yes and if you're and if that's true of god inherently then if we're not participating in that then there's something a little bit like bereft you know what do you mean? Like we're not participating in true reality if we're not like acknowledging God's worthiness or deservingness to be worshipped or glorified. Well, how do I? Maybe. Yeah. From my perspective, I would see that somebody. Yes. If God does exist and God is who the, the Christian tradition sort of paints the picture of, then God is worthy of time and prayer and connection and reverence. And and. If someone else doesn't believe that God exists, that's totally fine. I'm not going to say they're like checked out of reality or whatever. But like, but my point is this. My point mm-hmm. is this though. Like, uh, uh, of all the things you're saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like everything you're saying is is a very transcendent model, and that's I think what you're trying to point back to. Like, I've criticized the king metaphor a lot too. So, so we're on different pages in this. But I'm just trying to like flesh out how we understand these things differently, because some people would say worship like you look up to heaven, you marvel at the great God who's very transcendent and over the world and over the creation cosmos. Other people have a concept of worship that's very it's a lot more meditative and like full of wonderment, but it's more like looking down at the ground and the imminence, the the presence of God that's very close. And I think maybe you can not have even a personal way. Both of those elements, but you could, yeah. yeah. But but there's different traditions have different focuses on them. But as far as before, before we get away from the idea of need and do, I think that um, what I'm trying to say is there the human mind when it looks at stuff in the world its attention grabs things of interest or importance. Like if a car is speeding at me at 70 miles per hour, but a butterfly is like flying by on the other side, my mind naturally moves toward the thing that has more, like gives me more of a reason to pay attention to it. And you know, my, my existence depends upon the fact that this car is going to hit me or whatever. Anyway, when I say something is worthy of my attention or my honor, like the intrinsic worth of that thing to me, God is greater than kind of anything else. So yeah, that's a transcendent model, but God is the source of all things to me means that God is worthy of my time and attention. And yeah, paying paying time and attention to things like the earth or other people is, and the Bible would completely agree. Jesus said, if you know, loving God means loving your neighbors. Um, I think that that is an element of worship, but I personally look at the whole Bible and I see that transcendent piece also that God is not just the ground or other people, but something even beyond us, beyond the universe, the originator of the universe. Um, and so that God, God is worthy of our time and attention and worship. Yeah. But it, it's hard though, because I mean, you're, you brought up biblical imagery and, and teachings before, so like the Old Testament, you have the theocratic model of God where it very much is centered on that kingly metaphor, that priestly metaphor. And then the New Testament, a lot of Paul's writings and especially Revelation, you're, there, there's a lot of borrowing from Caesar worship and Stoicism. Um, so then if you look at the life of Jesus, though, Jesus like didn't go to worship very often, if at all. Like he he wasn't that devout. He didn't spend time like... I, that we know of, like in these like transcendent tra- transcendent states of being, like worshiping God. I mean, well, yeah, there's like instances of, of Jesus praying, and yeah, he was an itinerant preacher who went into synagogues. So I think he was a part of the fabric of synagogues. He knew to take the scroll from there. You, 
it's it's difficult to reconstruct like exactly it's the hard life to of reconstruct Jesus. Yeah. yeah yeah so i i would i would assume that he did involve himself in all those things his knowledge of the law his knowledge of the, of the hebrew bible like all that stuff i think he would have gone to synagogue and learned that stuff and that's actually but to the same core... degree he also broke rules and he also yeah, didn't participate yeah and, and i'm not saying in our, institutional our, yeah, worship and too. i'm saying our institutional worship shouldn't be a, a something that tamps down human creativity and spontaneity and but that kind of stuff but there's there's another key element to worship that jesus would have experienced and i think we do and that is like communal memory the retention of memory for for people from the hebrew tradition their god was a god who had done stuff in the past uh you said like theocratic but even more like god worked in history and liberated the people, saved the people, cared about the people. And the worship time was a time to recount those things, to read them, to remember them. And for me, as a Christian, that's church too. I go there to recount Jesus's life, to recount the amazing things God has done in Jesus. And not just that, to like meet other people who have had God interact with them in their lives. So the memory of you know what has happened to our church or what has happened to us as individuals is an important part of worship. That you can't get if you're not connected to other people, in my you know in, in my opinion. If if meditation is important to you, that's awesome. It's important to me too. Connecting to the earth, but short of like gathering together in some sort of space, it's difficult to retain that sort of memory and do the things that people have been doing for thousands of years. And maybe maybe to you like that theocratic model, um, the 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 language of the New Testament is not helpful for your worship, but like. When it all becomes about me, like it is easy for me to disconnect from even the story of the Christian faith. So I think meeting together as people for me helps me remember that it is not just all about me and that it is not just about philosophy, but a storied connection with God and God's people. And that's what worship does for me personally. Yeah. And I, and I respect that. And I'm not trying to challenge your personal beliefs. I I think for, from my perspective, I, I feel frustrated by two major things in this in this arena. And something you just said, um, I, I I know that you didn't mean to like um, trigger you. Trigger I, I so me? Did. No, I want, uh, I want you to be triggered and tell Alan, us. Alan, that's so mean. God. <laughs> and tell us, tell us about your. <laughs> Are you trying to trigger? Me? No, well, no, no. This I wasn't. whole idea that like you have to be, you have to like really be connected to your faith, and you have to. I, I've heard this a lot my whole life. Like you have to be connected to your faith. You have to go to church. You have to do church community. Otherwise, you'll like lose touch with Christianity or lose touch with the gospel. You're like fall away. You'll you'll backslide. To me, that like that rings like hocus pocus. I'm yeah, sorry. I, but I, I didn't. So feels, I wasn't saying that about well, did, other people, but more about me. If I don't do that, my world does become about my experiences. And it becomes less about the experiences of others or a community. That's all I was I saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying for, this is what I've heard. I, I think it's a little bit different than what you're saying, but it reminded me of it. Okay. But I've heard that like, for, it seems to me that if something is like empirically, cosmically, timelessly true, it shouldn't matter. I don't, I shouldn't have to work that hard to cultivate like my participation. Otherwise to me, it feels like cult-like behavior. And if you've never studied cult-like behavior, a lot of churches exemplify these types of structures. Not all of them. There are a lot of really great healthy churches out there who let people be what they are. But like it, when, when you get into arenas of like trying to control people's emotions or actions or, or thoughts or um, getting them to conform really strongly to a community. And, and, and I am tremendously grateful for my upbringing, but I do feel like there were times when 
um, for me, it was so much pressure to like participate in worship that to the extent of losing yourself. And I don't think that's what God intended for worship to Abs- be. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. so I just want to say that for those that's of us who've, very been, who've been really caveat. hurt by this. Yeah. The second thing I want to point out is, well, there, I guess there's two other things. The second thing is like, I think surrender for me in a charismatic, actually, let's talk about that in a sec. The second thing I wanted to point out was um, that I, f- I started to feel like, because I grew up leading worship services. I was like the token like youth group kid who was like leading worship and doing all the worship things all the time. And I come from a family of worship leaders. And I think that's really noble and wonderful. And if that's where your faith is at and that's where your relationship was, is, God, with, is with God, then great. I'm not trying to take that away from you. But I think for me, I started to feel like the I, 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 I woke up one day and I realized, metaphorically speaking, the world is just dripping with pain and suffering. And all my Christian faith was inspiring me to do was to go into a little box somewhere with people like me and sing songs. And I, I started to feel like that wasn't doing anything. If anything, it was keeping me away from the real world. And so I think it can, worship can in its worst forms turn into a form of escapism. And, and that's the thing though. Like when I was in that community, like they really do believe that if you worship God and you uplift God, that God will heal the world. Like, so they, they believe that is effective. They believe that is doing something, but I don't believe that for myself anymore. So, but there are, those are the main two things. Yeah. There are some Christian traditions where song is a way of addressing injustice. And for you, you may have experienced that, like that transcendent escapism. But for some people, their worship is actually a way of like critiquing power and causing change in the world. So you're right. It can be used in and totally inspires different them. ways. Yeah. It inspires them to make the world better mm-hmm. instead of escaping from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you That's just you brought, complicated. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought those points up, especially when you're mentioning the, the idea of, of cult-like behavior. Because, and Alan, when you started using, which is why I pushed back in the beginning, the, 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 the words of glory and God and all that kind of stuff. Although you did a good point of clarifying. So now that I know what you mean by those terms, I don't think this about what you said before. Sure. But those terms, like we always use um, worship a lot of times in terms of relationship. So our relationship to God, our relationship to God. And, you know, kind of that line where it gets into cult-like behavior is when you're encouraging a codependent relationship with God, you know, where every single moment you have to do this, you have to do this, and everything is about um obligation and you're losing your whole self instead of true worship being something where you're embracing yourself in that process. And for me, the problem is, as I've, and maybe this is just my experience, but in, uh, in my former background, it became so enmeshed and codependent with your relationship with God and your relationship with the church. And you couldn't separate those two because one always reflected the other. And I became increasingly more and more uncomfortable with that. But in that, there was comfort because it was a connection that they didn't have. And now that I'm on this other end where my primary, my primary church experience is more mainline, it almost feels the exact opposite, where it's so full of traditions that are disconnected from me and my world that I feel no connection whatsoever when I'm in that place. So how... And I think part of the problem is the way that we do church or worship in our country is that it's somewhat of a commodity where you have to balance here's what we do and how we do it with how do we be open to someone who's not hasn't experienced what we do, but we want them to be a part of what we do. And I, I don't know and I don't have 
an answer for that. And I think that that's where I struggle the most in terms mm. of, of worship is how do I, because I want to feel connected. That's probably why I long for having moments where, I mean, there's been a couple times where I've been in between churches where I've tried to go to a church and just visit so I could have that worship experience and then leave before the sermon. Um, but and But I don't feel any emotional or whatever we would call spiritual connection. And I haven't being in a more mainline church because I feel like there's nothing to invite me into a tradition that's foreign to me. That that's always the tough thing, right? We're all coming from different experiences with, with, with different ideas and things that speak to us and things that don't. And anytime you bring people together, you run the risk of alienating people or not doing what they would appreciate or saying something. And this is always, I'm always aware of this as a preacher saying something that's going to offend someone. Um, I, I think an important idea for me, it's funny, Jeff, you talk a lot about like practical things <laughs> and that's for me, I tend to talk about like ideas and I think in this conversation, what, what I'm seeing we're running up against is the idea of freedom and the idea of like servitude coming to serve God or to give ourselves over to God and you said something, Mona, earlier about um, you felt like you felt a certain way about having all of these metaphors and like losing yourself in that. And then Jeff talked about being having a codependent relationship with God. I think that's really funny. Uh, we we don't really value, at least in some corners of Christianity, human freedom. And so worship is recognizing that we are these slaves bound to God and we are giving over as creatures who are completely controlled by God, the glory that God is due. And I think for me, when I talk about giving God glory, there was a point in my life where I realized I can't actually worship God in a genuine way if I don't first really possess myself. If I can't give God anything if I don't first own it. So for me, worship is a place to discover your freedom to worship God as you would together. And it's a place to give God what you have. And if you sin against someone else's agency, whether it's an institution and say, you have to be in this one institution to know God or connect with God. You as a person are not able to connect with God unless you're here, that kind of stuff. And you take that freedom away from a person, you're actually hurting their chances at worshiping in a genuine way, hurting my chances at worshiping in a genuine way. What? And, sorry, what did you say earlier about a slave bound to God? Were you saying that is, sorry, I think I missed something here. So for some people, their worship model is we are. That's their, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's their I, worship model. I wasn't model. sure if that's what you were saying. I was a little we confused. have yeah. we have to. I have to embrace the idea that I am a free person, and that yes, I live in God's world, but I have the choice to enjoy God's world, to worship in this way or worship that way, and that um, that freedom itself is a holy thing. And unless we have that freedom, worship itself is, in my opinion, meaningless. If somebody, you know, s servitude is, <laughs> it's the difference yeah. between, between well, being a slave a and truly people, huh? I think a lot of people would say like worship in its best sense is ultimate freedom. They would say that, but then their actions would completely, and their actions and their theology would completely disagree with The them. very fact of that, exactly. Like I, for just for every snide comment I heard in evangelical churches about uh, traditional services and and hymns and liturgy. I've heard just as many snide comments in churches with liturgy about praise songs and their bad theology and all that kind of stuff. And that's the problem for me is that is and I understand that as a community you have a certain identity and stuff like that. But I think maybe the problem for me is that there is no place that represents that freedom. There's no place where you can feel like you can 
like even if the majority of the time this is our worship style as a church, there's no sense of uh, ecumenicalism where it's like, but this week, here's what other churches do. This is kind of a piece or a, a teaching or an attitude in anyone's, or at least in my experience, in anyone's end saying, this is what we do here. Let's let's try this this week, or here's a mode in which they do to kind of, you know, honor a different worship style. No one seems to honor anyone else's worship style. It's always like, eh, those people down the road, you know? It's so funny why that's such a particular preference for people. I mean, it really is a kind of across the board. Maybe maybe the healthy thing would be to center our services on story. And because we talk about people coming from all these different places and having different preferences and things that speak to them, and we're not representing other traditions well, and we're saying you have to come here to experience God. Maybe our services should be centered more on story and people talking about their experiences with God, reading the Bible as one of the stories that interacts with our stories and even you know the story of where our church is at and stuff like that. And maybe that's the way out of this imposed institutional kind of thing that we're all talking about. I don't know. That's cool. I mean, a lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of churches are dying. So I think coming up with alternate ways to do it is probably <laughs> a good idea. Um, well, and it, this is where it gets really interesting because there's been like so many like psych- psychological and sociological studies about the benefits of like groups getting together and all focusing on one thing and having like ecstatic experiences. Like, I, I think, I don't know exactly how it works, but I think it taps into like our, our old, mammalian reptilian brains or something that like wants to be part of a pack and like wh- everybody wants to move at the same time everything and I've seen from these like kind of- rave culture to religious celebrations right to sporting events like to be part of one big mass organism that's all moving together and i've seen i've seen things in charismatic worship services that really attest to this the power of that the psychological power of that like like many people barking like dogs at once or many people laughing at once and just like these waves of energy that float through a room it's really ethereal but it's like a real thing it's a psychological phenomenon and we might not be able to explain it but like Worship and meditation for a lot of people is like a way to like work through emotions. It's a way to calm your mind and like turn on your beta waves of your brain. I mean, it does a lot for people. So I think it's interesting to look at that. Um, for me, my issue with it is to really participate in those types of experience. Like the word experience has come up a lot today. So like we have to differentiate right between like the actual religious practice of like going to a place and singing a song versus the experience of like being caught up or having feelings or having being feeling like you're taken away or you're uplifted or you, you know, something like that. Um, so like the, the worship experience, like can be attested throughout religions around the world, not just Christianity. Right. But like, like, um, transcendental meditation, like in India or in Japan. I mean, there's, there's lots of different formations of this, the transcendental worship experience. So, what my problem with the way that I was raised to think of worship was that it shut out any other kinds of meditation as being inherently evil. For example, like I can't tell you how many times yoga yeah. was considered <laughs> was was considered evil because yep. you meditate and and it's not in a church, it's not on God, so therefore it's it's going to open you up to like demonic spirits. That's the kind of stuff that we are taught, right? But I think at the end of the day, like for for us to participate in the type of worship that took place a very powerful a very emotive like you felt the energy like you felt the spirit you know like people were slain and you know you see all kinds of like what, what people would call signs and wonders in order to participate in that you have to do one thing 
you have to surrender. You have to surrender your control over the situation. You have to surrender your kind of your mind and your will and your emotions. You don't completely dissociate from yourself, but some people do. Some people go that far and they think that that's what is wanted of them. And I think that puts you in a really dangerous psychological position when you're surrendering that much of your person over to what you're being taught as the Holy Spirit. And I think it opens people up for abusers in particular to come in and take advantage of those situations and how how malleable people get psychologically. So this is is why I'm very wary. To what I've experienced in worship. And this is why it's really important for us to differentiate because for charismatic worship, it's like, it literally is like giving yourself up. Like you're asking the Holy Spirit to like come inside you. (laughs) (laughs) The danger there is that things that when you do that, you are not just opening. This is funny. People say, don't open yourself up to the possibility of a demon coming in. Like if you're going to meditate, but when you're you're in a church and they're telling you, we are the, the proper expression of God on the planet. And they're asking you to open yourself up and do all these cultic things that, that you're talking about. You're putting yourself at risk of missing the point there too, of having some foreign thing other than the Holy spirit. Maybe it's an institution or a charismatic personality or something. Well, the problem is it's a, it's a mixed message. They're telling you not to do something in one context and do it in another. Like I read this book. But the logic of it works, though. The logic of it works. Sorry. Just one sec. If you believe that the Holy Spirit is inherently good, then if opening yourself up to God means God will protect you uh, from other things. It, it's so it's, so, not, it it's makes, not off. It, it makes sense with something tangible, but I don't think it makes anything sense with something intangible like the Holy Spirit because it's so subjective on what is the Holy Spirit and what isn't. So that's that's the problem for me, right? Like, because when I read I read this book called Ecstatic Religion, it was like this uh, this anthropological study on different religions that experience these uh, you know very charismatic things like like tongues and possession and stuff like that. And these experiences were the way they described them in you know these certain tribes or different religions in in places that they were studying. I was like, there's no difference in this that I'm reading than I saw at a Pentecostal service, and the only thing that's being the only difference is the difference is a, is a label of this is the Holy Spirit and this Language. isn't. So yeah. I agree with I agree with you, but I don't agree with you because I think to to make that kind of delineation with something so intangible, it it you can't. It doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm not saying that that's what I believe, but I I think that the logic internal to those communities yes. mm-hmm. it is cohesive. It might not be valid, but or it's it's like argumentatively yeah. logically valid. So to as this, as someone yeah, who is know. completely foreign to that experience, I did not grow up in a church where that was our worship style. I look at the New Testament and I look at humanity itself, and I do think that we need to preserve an element of the mystic or the ecstatic for our Christian religion, because there are people who that is their mode of worship. And we, it's funny, we we're upset because we're coming from a background where it says there's no other way to worship God. You have to worship this way. And then we're turning around and looking at it being like, well, you know, you, you shouldn't worship God this way. I think we should preserve that space for people who worship that way. But I don't think that that has to be uh, in the new Testament. You look at, that Paul and other people writing about the early church and how they worshiped. And there wasn't, there was an element of that, but, but there was a lot of talk about structure and about, uh, retaining self-control, like being able to control yourself instead of, giving it over to something okay. like that. So, so there, well, there, there's a tension where, like, the, in the New Testament. That's where that. reform traditions have come out and say, like, we're going to elevate reason um, up up there with, like, your experience and your tradition in mm-hmm. the Bible. You know, like, reason matters. Like the like, in, quadrilateral. 
Wesley and Quadrilla. Yeah. Like your intellectual soundness matters. You shouldn't give your mind over. But um, see, that's but- what I, I don't agree with that either. I think it's it's a balance because I think both are problematic. But I think the problem runs and not the style in which you're doing it, whether you choose to lose yourself in something or not lose yourself in something. It has to do with the rhetoric of the leadership. And are they subtly saying you're not like using terms to lose yourself into this big spirituality, but really you're losing yourself in terms of this community and what we tell you. So I think it's a fine line. Um, but I don't think that uh, it. It's a fine line because the story of God, the story of Jesus, the story of the Bible is grounded in community. And I think like the reason this is such a difficult conversation for me is that Mona talked about earlier, well, if God is so logically sound, if God is so uh, prevalent in in the world, I should be able to connect to that God kind of wherever I'm at. And I 100% agree. But Jesus and like the story of God in Jesus or in the community of God is grounded in the community and in the expression of like God in the community. So the, the, the storied groundedness in real events and real people, not just in ideas or in kind of nature around us, there is a really big theistic element to the Christian faith. And that is in places and people and in stories. And so I think getting it's, tough to get away from that. And and I think that's the center of my definition of worship. So that's really good, Alan. I like that. I like what you said. And I think that's the whole point of the body of Christ as being, you know, a really strong theme in the new Testament is this is a religious community that it brings us all together in a new sort of cosmic family. And we're all actually connected, like metaphysically connected, emotionally connected, um, connected through our relationship to God. You know, that's, that's the idea of the church. That's the whole concept of it. But I do think that that needs to be balanced when it comes to worship in particular, because it is experiential. It needs to be balanced with a healthy dose of skepticism, because sometimes when you're in those modes of being like you're you're kind of opened up to to outside influence um, and, and your emotions can be really at play, you know, in, in anytime you're kind of like ex, um, exploring um worship spaces like that, your emotions are going to come into play. Otherwise it's not going to feel like very engaged for a lot of us. Um, and it's really interesting. I, I read this book by a a Catholic nun named Joan Chittister. She's a wonderful writer on feminist spirituality. And she wrote a little chapter on how Americans are particularly bad at emotional expression and we don't know how to express emotions publicly. So she writes about how she criticizes liturgy in particular of being like, you know, we're not good at public emotions. So we've actually scripted like times and spaces and ways of emoting, but that's actually not helping us become more emotionally intelligent or healthy as people. Um, So she, she says it can be, that can be dangerous too. That's, that's really interesting because as coming from someone who was never a part of a liturgical church, it's cool to have liturgy that, like is sad or is happy because to me that's giving like public space to an expression of sadness. Whereas in other churches I've seen, you have to be happy all the time. You have to, you know, worship life is amazing. Life is good. God is good. I'm filled with the Holy spirit. Everything's joyful. And there's rarely those moments where like publicly people say, you know, sadness is a part of the human experience. So for me, liturgy was always like that, but that's interesting. Maybe that is, maybe there are, is a better way to help people, or give space to people to emote. The, the problem is, I, you said it, 
that the American public, or at least um, our culture, has a difficult time even knowing how it feels, much less expressing it, much less expressing it in a public space. So I don't know. That's that's an interesting conversation. Well, and I guess worship in that way could be countercultural, like teaching people to connect to their fullest selves. Um, but you also have to create space to allow people to do that. And, um, you know, we've talked about like sometimes these mainline churches or um, they don't you you don't get the same worship experience because it's not like that emotional all in thing, but that's also for a reason. So, um, yeah, I, I, you guys are ministers. It, it's, it's, you are responsible to like maintain order in that community because if you just let everyone emote anything they're feeling like any time, like things can go haywire. So you're, you have to balance that with, you know, responsible action and, and in that, in that religious community. To me, that is like a, a wonderful balance. This is not like a house of cards that, you know, you have all these things that could happen at any moment and it's going to become super unhealthy and be a horrible experience. It's it's just like a very human thing. All the elements of worship tend to be very human. And yeah, if you give space to one person too much, it's going to be super awkward and they're going to take up too much time and run into lunch and blah, blah, blah. But like, those are, those are good things. <laughs> run into lunch. <laughs> that's always the big, that's yeah. always the big fear. We should do, <laughs> excuse me, we should do a whole episode on, um, cult behaviors and healthy church communities and unhealthy i think that would be we needed to devote a whole thing to that that's a huge element of why people react to worship a certain way that's cool i i see all of this as positive things (laughs) that's cool it's just a tension that needs like if somebody was awkward and wanted to stand up and talk for forever that's not a bad thing that's awesome if you know a pastor wanted to preach and do this thing like that's awesome but all of this is us coming together and learning to balance communal life in an appropriate way. And I think that that's a good idea to talk about kind of even trauma and control and cult like experiences. Cause a lot of us coming out of evangelicalism, especially we may not have belonged to a Catholic church or the Pope or whatever. We always talked about that negatively, but our ch- little local church might as well have been a place where somebody really represented God for the whole community. And sometimes that got in a really, I didn't mean to say that derogatorily toward Catholics. That's just what I grew up with. But uh, there are communities that are very um, critical of other communities, but they're even more controlling than what they're criticizing. Anyway, that's a topic of conversation that we should have. All right. So what are what are what are our takeaways from from this subject? This conversation. Speaking of running into lunch. Well, I, I, I think my biggest takeaway is worship is complicated. And for those of us who's been, who've been kind of hurt or have like a bad relationship with it, um, it is, it's not quite so easy as just kind of tossing it out. And I don't know what to do with it personally, but I mean, it's more than just an emotional experience. I think we've talked about like, it has to do with the way you, you understand God or relate to God, not just individually, but as a community, it's much more, I mean, it can be a place to work emotions out. Um, but it's much more than that. Actually. Um, it's, it's about beingness and, and creatureliness. And it's not just about a service in a building somewhere. It's about the way you walk around in the world. So, um, you know, hopefully that gives people something to think about. It definitely has given me something to think about. Hmm. Two things for me, besides saying, don't give up, <laughs> I would say if worship is something, the, the current place that you're at, worship is very deep for you. It's very meaningful. Don't assume that everyone experiences the same thing you do. That, that it's doing for everyone else in your community what it does for you and be cognizant that there needs to be space for other types and other people. Uh, secondly, if the place you're at is not doing something for you that you think it should, like, yeah, ask hard questions, 
but also entertain the idea that it's good for us to be in spaces where it is not all completely catered to us, that there is a larger story out there that we can choose to belong to. Um, and obviously I don't, I'm not recommending getting into a dangerous area where you're just giving your complete identity up. Worship is a, is a healthy, should be a healthy tension and wherever you're at, think, think about that stuff, I guess. And I would say sort of the opposite. <laughs> um, gain, I would say it's important to gain an appreciation for everyone's worship style. And perhaps you'll find something that connects with you that you never would have had you not taken that opportunity. But don't put yourself in a place to force yourself to conform to something that, that isn't genuine to who you are and what you are under the, uh, under the, the, the feeling that, you know, this is the way it is and I need to appreciate it and be a part of it if that makes any sense. Um, and so, keep doing that until you're just by yourself in your house, rocking yourself in a corner because you can't connect with any other person. <laughs> yeah, because there's no medium ground. Because oh you're not. A, it's not about connecting with people, hon. It's about glorifying <laughs> God. So, uh, all right. Well, let, let us know what you think. If you have anything to add to the conversation for this week, you can comment on the show notes at irenacast.com slash 47. That's irenacast.com slash 47. There you'll find also some helpful links to some of the stuff related to this conversation. Uh, on the other side of the music, we will be doing our first ever segment called Sound Trades. Okay, so how this segment is going to work, you may ask yourself, how do you do charades over a podcast? And we've asked ourselves <laughs> this very same question, and we've come up with the solution. And I say solution in air quotes. Um, so we're calling this Sound Trades. And how it's going to work is that we have, if you're interested in this, we'll put the link in the show notes, but we found a word generator, uh, a charade generator online, and together we're going to generate a word, and each of us has to guess what the other host is trying to communicate, and they can't use real words, and obviously they can't act it out because we can't see them, so they have to use sound effects. <laughs> so what we'll do when it's our turn is press the generator whatever word pops up no matter what it is we're going to take a crack at trying to make the sound and if it's impossible the other people won't be able to guess we'll choose a new one take but... a crack nice onomatopoeia usage <laughs> i love that word onomatopoeia oh so wonderful that w- that just got creepy i don't know why <laughs> uh, i think anytime you do that in a microphone uh, really Hey, it's there's so some wonderful. stuff out there online about you singing smooth jazz, right? Where you're like, oh, yeah, smooth, co- cool. Don't make fun jazz. of my smooth jazz phase, Alan. <laughs> it was wonderful. I oh did. I made a video. I was singing with a band and I made a video and I was like, hey, all you cool cats. In That's my right. Voice. I was about to say I, that. You but guys I didn't made fun to... of me for years. <laughs> hey, cool cats. Hey, get yourself yeah. down to Johnny D's and playing some jazz. Cool cats. It was wonderful. Oh, God. All right. Wonderful. Shut up. That's, okay. That's Let's a play. wonderful trip down memory lane. Thank you. All right. So, so who gets to start first and press their Alan, you're super start. excited about this. Okay. So then Mona will start. <laughs> <laughs> We're both excited. Okay, ready? One, yep. two. Well, no, you're just going to generate your own. Just I'm going to generate, generate my own. own. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm giving myself a countdown. One, two, <laughs> three. Okay. B. Insect. Drink. <laughs> Choke. Gulp. Fly. The whole Chug. thing together. The whole thing together. Dive. Uh, an insect. It sounds like an insect Fly landing juice. in some water and you drink it. 
You're like drinking a soda after a fly Thanks. landed on it. You're so close. Put those things together. Soft drink. No, fly God. soda. Soda fly? <laughs> Insect soda. You guys are so dumb. Sp- Come on. <laughs> what? We're dumb? <laughs> you're s- think about a mosquito uh, that drinks something. Blood. Oh, God. I just said it. Shoot. You did. You did. <laughs> Wait. That was your sound for blood? That was your sound for blood? Oh, I see. Okay. That makes sense. Oh my God. I, the I word it. was mosquito. mosquito. <laughs> That's good. That was really good. I, but I just oh said it. God. Thank you. I'm that sorry. Was, I said that you're dumb. I said you it with a smile on your face. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just, crying. Instead of just keep buzzing until we guess which insect. That's what I would have like. done. So the gold <laughs> thing was pretty brilliant. I'm going to. That was good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's the long way around. I, hey, there used to be this game we play on, like on our game. phones. Where you have to draw and everybody else has to guess, like a whole chat room of people. And I would do like an amazing drawing, but not put the actual thing till the very end. And everybody would be very impatient. And then I'd finally like draw the rabbit. And the field would already be there. God, the you're sun, the worst. The yeah, Seriously? that's the worst, Alan. That's like, exactly what you just worst. did. You're the worst. No, it's no, that's not. not what she did at all. Because it's she not was what do- I did at all. Because we were guessing flies. So she was trying to, she uh, knew that we would guess fly and she was trying to delineate what kind of insect we were like. like it was brilliant. Insect and drink together. That's a Bravo, mosquito. Mona. That's what that it was performance based. That was beautiful. Okay. That is why you are the artist, and we are. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> I All right, Jeff, it. you can go next since you're uh, the pragmatic one. How about that? I don't know why that would be a reason for me to go next, but I will go next. <laughs> All right, here we go. Should I do my countdown you can't too? Skip. I'm going to do my you countdown. You have to just click. One. No countdown. Two. <laughs> I'll count up. Three. Oh, okay. <laughs> door. Yes, door. Ooh. That was too easy. Hey, so this is what right, this Alan. is what the generator gave me. I have one point. <laughs> Mona has negative one for saying mosquito. No, she has three no. points for a beautiful performance. I tried so hard. Okay. That was pretty good. All right, here we go. You ready? <laughs> I'm so scared. I don't know why I'm scared. Uh. Wind. <laughs> Wind did. Overweight. <laughs> 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 no. Rocky Mountains. Holy Spirit. Crazy. God. Trees. Winter the trees. <laughs> it's tree. Tree. Oh! Trees oh do gosh. make a sound. You did it. Trees do make a sound. Yeah. Let's go hug one. All right. Okay. Generate a charades word. You guys, I could play this for like an oh, hour. This is great. <laughs> you ready? One. Well, let's just stick with two words and we'll see how we go. No. Okay. Let's do it. You ready? Mm hmm. Go ahead. This is really dumb. I don't want to do it. <laughs> do it. Make you a sound. Try. Whatever it is. You uh, have okay. to. <laughs> Wait for it. I'm not done. Dog. <laughs> Hose. No, God. No, that's wrong. Dog. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> no what's going on? I want on. you to keep doing this. This is funny. Straw. You're never going to get it. Ever. You're all... Uh, what what is it? Is it uh, it's a what? <laughs> it's a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I was licking the stamp. <laughs> oh my goodness! What the heck? <laughs> this is my you didn't think favorite. to you didn't think to do the email inbox for uh, <clears throat> Yahoo and say you've got mail. I don't know <laughs> what Yahoo. Words. You can't use that. I don't know. I'm not 57, so I don't use Oh, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. All right. Your turn. Okay. By the way, Mona, I really appreciated your effort. Shut up. It was wonderful. 
I'm going to listen listen to this episode and just listen to that over and over. This is a game that hindsight is everything. So once you actually know the word, you can appreciate yeah. what. Like, oh, sure. yeah. The sound. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, you got one? Click, click. Do it. Okay. Uh, ching, 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 ching. <laughs> Bicycle. Yes, bike. Whoa. Ooh. That was ching, good. Ching. A little yeah. bike. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Phone? Zoro's phone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> horrible. The I should not hell? be doing this one. Orchestra. Phone ring? Ring? Soundtrack. Orchestra? Oh my gosh. Star Wars. Um, Hang on. I forgot the... Do you know what this hmm. word is, Alan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Well, you started with what? You're not making any sense, man. Uh, riding? A horse? Um, no. A cowboy? You, wanted you to guys do are guessing what's the sound. Oh, my God. We're guessing the sound because uh, that's the game, and that's what yeah. you told us. Your sound is to Hold inform on. our I'm guess. Trying to, I'm trying to think. You better, not be, um, you better not be using sound effects to paint the background before the actual picture. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. He's like, guys, here's my ambient noise. <laughs> I know it. No, I'm not. You guys are thinking I'm going all crazy. <laughs> hang on. Should we expect anything else from you? I don't know. <laughs> it's so fun to pick on you, Alan. I love you so much. Dang it. I can't. Let's do a different word, dude. What, just, what what's the it? word? What's the word? You guys should know. Like, uh, oh, We should <laughs> What's the word? An angry guitar? What is it? It's guitar. Oh. I was trying to think of Highway to Heaven and I or whatever, Stairway to Heaven, and I couldn't think of the melody because I was under too much pressure. That's like really hard to emulate with your voice. A guitar? Yeah. I was doing tuning okay, a guitar. Really I did a six string guitar. Nobody was you gotta go with like, oh You gotta go with like a metal guitar. Like I know, I was trying. Like something like oh, that. Oh, that's right? true. That's what you should have gone with. Oh, like Jack Black. Like, dun, do, ba, da, do. No, <laughs> not that. That's not a guitar sound. <laughs> All right. That's why I was laughing. I, I should not be trying to do a player. guitar because I don't do musical instruments. That's thing. Oh, man. Good. Okay. Can we do another? Come on, guys. Let's All right. Do we'll do one. Well, let's do one more. One more round. Okay. Okay. I got a good one. Okay. Ready? Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> ready? Hulk, Frankenstein, <laughs> bowel movement, <laughs> bomb, <sighs> bomb, relief, <laughs> relax, anger, tension. <laughs> <laughs> Running, exercising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. Yeah, yeah. Lifting weights. Close. Oh, shot put. <laughs> very, very close. Discus. <laughs> Track and field. Oh, that is a uh, the long the pole, whatever the jump. Too specific. Jump. You were closer what, earlier. What long jump. No, too specific. <sighs> Track and field. Jeff was the, closest when he said exercise. Uh, weightlifting. Fitness. <laughs> it's just the gym. This is oh, gym. just the gym. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Hmm. Hmm. Dun dun dun. dun. Magic. Uh, Show. What's his name? Indiana Jones. 
I would know the song if that was it. I, I'm not doing a specific song. Wait, is that Star Wars? I'm creating an atmosphere with that song. Of okay, great. Excitement. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> clearly not working. Um, oh. Suspense. Surprise. Okay. Um, maybe I'll, I'll go a different direction. Uh. <laughs> Can you do it again, please? I don't. <laughs> All right. So. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better be opening a can of soda. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> what? You always have to go to the potty stuff. I don't get it. Because the other one didn't work. Is it? Is it a beer oh can? Is it just like trying? Beer? No. Is it it's not. It's No. What's the word, Jeff? Okay, well, it's thrown. So I did a kingly song <laughs> and it didn't work. So I figured I'll try taking a dump on the toilet as the other kind of throne <laughs> and throne. hoping that the oh two. That is gosh. what you were doing. Oh my god! Wonderful. I, I I knew it was what he was doing, but I refused to to talk about potty stuff. Well, how else am I supposed to anymore. to do that? Just because Throne. you're a little yeah, prudish exactly. when it comes to your humor. Come on, you just you just go. Alan, Ugh. everybody poops. Just get like over it. You, what's it called when you throw up? The you throw up porcelain throne, or yeah. Something. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, last one, Alan. You're up. Okay, here we go. Oh, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. Hold on, Ninja Turtles, Teenage Er Turtle, Chewing Turtle Soup, Turtle Soup. No, Turtle Eggs for Breakfast. Turtle murderer. Turtle you were right when you first started. Turtle chin. You're getting Mutant. away from the real. Mm-hmm. Ninja. <laughs> Hamsters <laughs> eating <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know. Mute. Dun, 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 okay, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, yes. Teenage. And then... Appetite. Pizza. Thank you. Pizza. pizza. That's good. Oh, there you go. That's that good. was clever. Well done. Well done with Thank that you. one. <laughs> All right. That loss. That again. will absolutely <laughs> do it for us this week. If you enjoy what you hear and you want to support the show, you can do that at irenacast.com slash support. All the ways to support the show are listed there, including our brand new Amazon banner. If you click on that banner next time you shop on Amazon, a small portion of your purchase will go help cover some of our costs. And you can make it even easier for the next time you shop there by bookmarking the link in your browser. And as always, we want to hear from you. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns for the show, you can do that at irenacast.com slash feedback. And there you'll find many different ways to contact us. So for this week, I'm Jeff. I'm Beepo Boop Boop Boop. And I'm Alan. Thanks for joining the conversation. Can we redo that whole ending? No, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to redo it and I'll record it later. I got it. You guys, I, I had to go. I've got a headache, so I'm going to go later. See you later. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.